What's up, everybody? Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast, soon to be renamed How Not to Be a Youth Pastor or a Lead Pastor. We have, when this, when you guys are hearing this, we have one, two, well, I actually, I am a lead pastor. I know. That's why I bring it up. So pulling back the curtain, we're recording this on Friday, April 1st, but it's dropping three days before Easter. More importantly, four days into Derek's tenure as a lead pastor wow. this past Monday that from when you're hearing it, Derek wow. uh, officially had his first day you know what, as you know a lead do, pastor. Do me a favor. If you're listening to this. Text me if you have my number and make sure I'm alive. <laughs> so Derek, quick question of the day. How's yeah. it feel to be a, a lead pastor? You know what? I can say here uh, prematurely of being an actual lead pastor. It feels great. I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. I like to no think, issues. N- n- none. None. Especially as we approach Easter. Yep. Uh, it's been relatively smooth. It's been easy. Um, I've been kicking my feet up on my desk now, which is super, super nice. And uh, I just make everybody else do everything else for me and... You know, I appreciate the authoritarian, almost dictator, dictator, dictatorial. Let's be honest with my personality. I could never, ever be a dictator (laughs) because I, I physically like the, like, I, I feel so bad asking people to do anything that like, which is something I'm having to work on, especially in this new role, like honestly. And so, you know, I could never be that role. Like I, I very much operate under the assumption and like the straight up theory that like I want to be the first one there and the last one to leave. Yeah. I want to I want to lead by example. I want to serve the most. Like all these biblical principles I kind of want to live by. These sound like amazing qualities for a dictator. They're just Are you not, kidding me? No, no, I'm not kidding you. It's just that most of our also, world's you? past examples of dictators definitely don't have any of those qualities. No. Like hopefully in the next year or so, like maybe tomorrow, uh, maybe Russia's looking for a new dictator and uh, you could step into Like if you're dictator of your country or any, like if, if they had those qualities, like yeah. they have a servant's heart, they're the last to leave the first one to get there. Like, that's that's a phenomenal dictator yeah, to me. Right. I mean, you'd hope, but <laughs> as you're pointing out, I don't I can't think of a single example where being a dictator was a compliment. Well, no. Most, if not all, of the dictators in our world's history okay. have not you, been great. Your so. explanation makes me feel better. At first, I was kind of wondering, wow, what are you trying to say about me? Man? No, I, I I, think what you described would be a great dictator, yeah, but unfortunately, sense, we haven't seen that yet, yeah. so we don't have a lot to go off of. But um, much like youth ministries are dictatorships, um, oh my gosh. I was just trying to find a segue <laughs> in there. So, did it work? Um, <laughs> it it did something. I'm not about to say it worked, oh, but it did no. something. Oh no. Uh, no, our real quick question, because it is a few days before Easter yeah. here that, uh, that this episode's coming out. So Derek, what's your favorite Easter candy? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's even a question. I mean, if you answer anything other than Reese's eggs, you're just straight up wrong. I mean, it's, they are elite. Yeah. If we're talking about candy that is specific to Easter, like we're not just talking about like a Snickers bar, right? That's, that's delicious, but it's not specific to Easter. No, I don't think there's a right answer other than the Reese's. There are a few people who would, who would push back and probably give me peeps. Like they would say peeps are great, but they're just, they're not good. Listen, we talked in our last episode 
about how you know people that Christians that like jelly filled donuts will still go to heaven, yeah. but it, it's like a lesser tier, correct, of heaven. Uh, I'm not convinced that like if you're a Christian who likes peeps, they might cancel each other out. I'm not even sure that heaven is in the cards wow. for you. Like, wow. Peeps are... Strong stance on peeps. Peeps Kyle. are the most disgusting thing that America has ever produced. I don't even know if... It, I'm going to look it up. Please I, do, Mr. Scribe. Uh, you know, I, I will say peeps... I had them. I had them for the first time a few years ago, which is crazy. I just they never they never appealed to me, but the, the texture is weird. The taste is weird. I will say I enjoy the marshmallow eggs, like the marshmallow that is like kind of enveloped in like melted chocolate, and then it it, it almost like a Reese's egg. But instead I don't even of, know if I've had one of those. They're good. They're really good. Uh, my senior, former senior pastor Chris. Uh, he hated them. And so I would get them for him every Easter as a way of saying, I love you. <laughs> and then they would end up on my desk and I would eat them and it'd be awesome. So it was really a go. gift to myself, but it's also a good prank. Uh, so peeps, yep. uh, are manufactured by the company just born okay. is a family owned, uh, candy company based in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Uh, owned by wow. owned by the Russian Jewish immigrant Sam Bourne. That's a whole lot of yeah. different nationalities, yeah. and that's that's I mean, hard. Bethlehem to, in the United States is throwing me off right, right. now. A, a Russian Jewish immigrant named Sam Bourne. Do me a favor. Pull up the ingredient list of Peeps once. Let's see how many words you can't pronounce. <laughs> Because it's got to be a lot. All right. Peeps ingredient list. It's got to start with sugar to start. Uh, it has to. Or high fructose corn syrup, which to be clear, I, I'm not poo-pooing that because I enjoy high, fructo- high fructose corn syrup and sugar in excess. Uh, the first headline here is peeps are not as innocent as they look. Uh, but they don't look innocent. That's fair. If you're, if, if you're, if you're popping a peep not- in your mouth, you're not at all like worried about what you're putting in. Cause you know, it's not great, but it's just part of the experience. Kind of the same with Reese's eggs. I'm not eating Reese's eggs because I think they're healthy. I'm eating them because they're delicious. Uh, Spoonuniversity.com article. Ooh. Nine reasons. Why, nine reasons why peeps are the most terrifying food on earth. Wow. Subtitle, the little marshmallows that haunt your nightmares. This is the greatest thing I've ever read. <laughs> Spoon University. Yeah. Uh, article written by a good friend of the show, Catherine Baker, good which if you're show. writing for Spoon University, a name like Catherine Baker is a great one to have. Gotta be a lie. Um, <laughs> it's probably, what is it called? A, a pseudonym? Yeah. Pseudonym. I thought it was maybe pseudonym. I think it's pseudonym. Uh, uh, number one, they practically taste like plastic. Facts. Number two, the texture. Yes. Number three, they're not even cute. <laughs> uh, I, I could go. They're, they're, they look fine. Number four, if the face didn't send you running to the hills, the list of ingredients will. There it is. Here we go. Uh, yellow peeps contain sugar, corn syrup, gelatin, less than 0.5% of the following. Yellow number five, potassium sorbate, natural flavors, <laughs> carnuba wax. There it is. Love some carnuba wax. Gelatin is derived from cattle hooves. No, it's not. And carnuba wax is the main ingredient in car wax. (sighs) 
number five, one serving of Peeps contains 36 grams of sugar. Derek, if you had to guess how many Peeps are in a serving, what would you guess? Like a, like a pack or like, like an actual th- serving? The number of Peeps. Three. Like the number of Three. little chiclet duck, whatever these bunnies, I don't even know what these are supposed They're to be. Chicks. Chicklets? They're chicks. Chicklets, okay. Yeah. Uh, five Peeps is one serving. Oh boy. So 150 some? No, no, no. There's five Peeps in one serving and one serving contains 36 grams oh, of okay. sugar. okay. That's um, not terrible. I think a can of Mountain Dew is like 46. It's more than an eight ounce serving of Mountain Dew. It says it right here in wow. uh, in the article. Catherine did her research. Well done, Catherine. Uh, number six, peep flavored milk now exists. That no, it doesn't. Gross. Peep flavored milk. <laughs> That's disgusting. Um, What's number seven? So, well, no, they're just. I'm not gonna say it on the podcast, but. Oh boy. Uh, there's underneath the point about Peeps flavored milk. Jimmy yeah. Kimmel has a quote that made me laugh. So okay. if, if our listeners want to go look it up, spoonuniversity.com, you can find it yourself. University. Do you uh, not realize, Kyle, these quick questions of the day have are kinda, not quick. <laughs> they've kind of grown legs of their own. They're, we're, they're, they're, we're over nine minutes into the episode. They're, they're a whole segment at this but point. But this episode is going to be about Easter. Yeah. And so deep diving into peeps is sort of on brand. And, and, and really, this was kind of a, a two quick question kind of day. That is true. You know, uh, so there's Number, number seven, they've taken over all holidays, which is true. They have uh, peeps for more than just I've never uh, seen any. Easter. I think they have Halloween, Valentine's Day, maybe even oh, Christmas. Oh, yeah. Okay, I have. Uh, yeah. Number eight, they keep coming up with new disturbing flavors. Yeah, okay. I did uh, see that as well. Sour watermelon, bubblegum, and sweet lemonade being Gross. the three that Catherine lists here. Uh, and number nine, which I can't actually attest is true. If you put one in the microwave, it nearly blows up. Uh, have you ever done that? <laughs> the microwave blows up? No, no. The Well, maybe, but <laughs> basically the peep just expands yeah. endlessly. It's, it's a, hilarious. It's the same with a marshmallow. Megan, yeah. I tried to make s'mores in a microwave once. <laughs> it did not That's go well. a large s'more. <laughs> yeah, it was. So all that to say, uh, Catherine, thank you for your research. We Catherine appreciate Baker, it. Good friend of the show. Uh, good friend of the great friend of the show, Catherine Baker. Uh, before we get into our episode today, hold on. I'm pretty sure Catherine Baker was one of the characters on Cheaper by the Dozen. Really? Yes. All right, now we're looking that up. Yeah, we have to. Which is a great movie, by the way. Fantastic. We talked like about National one of, Treasure because their last name was Baker, Baker right? Yeah. So she'd be one of which, the kids. Which or is something? a play on they have you know a Baker's dozen, right? Like. I just put that together. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, that That seems like a pseudonym as well. I mean, obviously they're a fictional character, but. I, it I, does I, not look like Catherine is one of, I guess. What's the mom's name? Uh, Tom and Kate. So, yeah. So Kate Baker. Kate, Catherine. That, that, that's probably where I was getting Kate that. Baker. Kate Baker. Uh, the kids, okay. if you're curious, are Nora, Charlie, uh, Lorraine, Henry, Sarah, Jake, Mark, Jessica, Kim, Mike, Kyle, Nigel. Uh, and is, it, is it embarrassing that I can, as you're saying these names, I can literally put the pictures of the actors as, as you're saying their characters. I always wanted to be Charlie when I first watched these movies. Like, dude's like, you know, an athlete. He's got a sick car. I was like, that'd Obviously. be sick to be Charlie. Everybody has a defined age except for Charlie and Laura Lane. Laura Lane is either 15 or 16, and Charlie is either 17 or 18. That was Lorraine. What did I say? Laura Lane. Oh. Lorraine, yes. Lorraine, okay. My bad. Uh, interesting. So there you go. That's good, good. a whole bunch of 
cheaper by the dozen and uh easter trivia peeps trivia that you didn't want to know but you got it anyway coming to the how not to be a youth pastor podcast because we are never on topic no we are Uh, not how far are we 11 minutes uh something like that 12 minutes 12 minutes let's go quick question Uh, and we're still not going to get to today's episode because before (laughs) we do i just i want to mention uh and this is uh something that i was going to mention last episode and i forgot uh but we did back on episode i believe it was 33 uh, 33. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we did our episode on, uh, kind of our, we called it our rant against purity culture. Yeah. And we had a lot of really awesome responses to that episode. Yeah. And, and one of the, one of the responses was, you know, we dove into a lot of, okay, this is why, you know, purity culture, purity culture is, is not great. Yeah. Uh, but now what? Yeah. And so we are working on, uh, part two, part two, kind of diving into, uh, you know, okay, this is what youth ministries, youth pastors, parents, youth leaders, what, what we can do, uh, on the flip side to to kind of rectify that that a little bit. And so that's going to be a really fun episode that'll be coming out, uh, in the next few weeks, but, uh, just a, uh, just an update on on our programming here uh, at the, how not to be a youth pastor podcast. Let's dive into this thing. You know what I'm saying? Let's dive into church. Holidays. holidays holiday sauce another holiday another great uh gas station here in the midwest yes very good they usually have good uh fountain drinks but we want to talk about church holidays because they really are unique uh for pastors and ministry leaders and and so the, you know the the obvious church holidays are christmas easter and president's day <laughs> uh you know i saw that here in the show doc <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like Good Friday would have been a good candidate for well, the third one on that list. Here, here's the deal. Kyle and I will, you know, lay little uh, Easter eggs, if you will, into our show docs for children to find. I like and it. You know what? So I... Uh, I, I, I caught it before you said it. I okay. don't know if you saw me looking at the show doc. No, weird. no. <laughs> I, like, I, uh, I wanted just to say and, and catch your, your... No, but no. Okay. So Christmas, Easter, Good Friday. Those are it, kind of the big three. Yeah. You know, if, if you're coming to church... Uh, it, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's, yep. it's, it's nice. You know, you're, you're, you're excited. You're joy filled. Like for a lot of people, it, it's more of, I hate to even say tradition because it's not just a tradition for some people, for some it is, but, um, you know, you, you create memories and just by and large, like I think of like a Christmas, you know, service, like there's just like, there's a peace, there's just a joy, there's just an excitement that comes along with it, you know? And, and so you look forward to it and, and it's awesome, you know, and for pastors, uh, it's unique. Right, like these these holidays are unique because yep. this is crunch time. This is where you're working overtime. Uh, you're a little more stressed. Uh, there's a lot of moving pieces that you don't normally have, and so there's a little bit of craziness to it. And so you know you love it and you're excited for it because you know God's about to move. But on on the back end, after it's all done, like there's there's a definite like a. Whew, like just like a, a collapse of physical and emotional energy because it is a lot, you know. So yeah. it's it's unique. I want I I'd be curious to know if you have any other thoughts on the uniqueness of what pastors kind of walk through. On it's even unique, uh, you know, depending on your role on staff as sure. a pastor. Yeah. Um, you know, I look at uh, 
you know, for me personally, as the youth pastor, Christmas and Easter are actually not because I'm solely the youth pastor. I'm like, yeah, it's it's a thing that we do. My role does not necessarily expand greatly. um, But what I end up doing is I fill in any crack that I possibly can. If we have, uh, you know, sometimes for a service like Christmas or Easter, uh, a lot of our congregants have, you know, family plans and yeah. different traditions and stuff. And yep. so sometimes, and we'll get into this later, but it can be a little bit di- more difficult to find volunteers uh, yeah. for that service. And so because, like on our last episode, I talked about our uh, middle school uh, class that we do. Well, we don't do that on Easter morning, right? on Easter Sunday. And so I don't have a defined already like designated role. And so yeah. if I need to help in the tech booth, if I need to help on the worship team, yep. you know, kind of wherever I'm needed, maybe wearing multiple hats, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you're, if you're the person preaching... Uh, you know, if you're the worship leader for our kids pastor, uh, you know, we do a giant Easter egg hunt, uh, after each service on Easter Sunday. And so he and his team are putting in a lot of effort and a lot of work getting ready for, for that Easter egg hunt. Uh, they're already, uh, I, I guess we already cats out of the bag. We're recording this April 1st, not April, whatever this episode comes out on, by the way, uh, it is April fool's day. Uh, you had anything planned for April fool's day? No, I don't either. Uh, it's like I told our kid, our kids pastor, like it's your move, man. Yeah. Uh, in our prank war, but yep. um, he uh, like they already ordered uh, like a thousand plus Easter eggs and they're yeah. stuffing them with candy already because right. it takes a lot of work and a lot yep. of effort. And so depending on uh, depending on your role on staff, uh, it's going to look a little bit different. But everybody is stepping up in some way. Yeah. And and we want to be clear, it's it's worth it. We love doing this. Like yes. Easter service, Christmas, like these holidays are absolutely huge. He, uh, and so, <laughs> President's day. That was exactly, we had to bring it in somehow. Yep. Uh, you know, the God there, there's a, I don't know if this is just like in our staff thing or if we've ever talked about this, but in the church world, you, you get people that show up for church about twice a year. Yep. Usually it's Christmas and Easter. Yep. And so we affectionately refer to them as Christers. Why? We call them Cheesters. There so, you go. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we love those people. And yeah. and these services, like you get people that, you know, for years, they only showed up on Christmas and Easter and yep. God just wrecked them one yep. Easter. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're praying for. That's what we want. Like yeah. these services are awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, these services should be treated as the big deal that they are. Yeah. But, you know, maybe because of that, there's a whole lot of extra stuff that goes into it. And and what happens is, you know, you can kind of get sucked into all of the stuff you got to do, all of the tasks. I call it all of the what. You know, there's, there's all these different, you know, you talk about your kids' pastor stuff and eggs. You know, we have an Easter egg hunt on, on the Saturday before. And so, you know, it's massive. It's, it's our, it is our pinnacle. It is the biggest event we do every year. And so we have thousands of eggs as well. And, you know, there's, there's the, the marketing piece, you know, where are we going to market? How are we going to market? We got to fill out this paperwork for this place. We've got to call this company to do this. There's on top of all the other normal weekly stuff you have to do. And so, you know, it can be a lot. And because it's crunch time, because you know, uh, it's kind of almost like, I feel like, it's the church equivalent of like hosting Christmas at your house. Like you got to make sure everything's clean. You got to make sure everything is like 
cleaned up and properly taken care of. Like it's a big old process. And a lot of people don't see that, right? Like, like you just kind of, you're aware right. that it, 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 you probably have a lot on your plate, but there's, you don't fully know and you don't need to know. Uh, it's not like we're sitting here going, well, was me pity party. But what happens is if you're a ministry leader, if you're a pastor, whatever it is, you get wrapped up into all the details and you forget the moment you forget to enjoy what this is all about, you know? Cause I think of when I was um, a student in high school, Easter was my favorite church service because like it's special, right? Like you're celebrating a special moment of, of the resurrection. It's, it's a big deal. You, the whole day is just like, there's life to yeah. it. There's just joy to yep. Easter. And what happens is if you're not careful in the church world, you get to Easter and you're like, whew, we made it. Like it's over. Mm-hmm. And that's just the wrong perspective to have on such a big holiday. And so, you know, this episode really is all about how we as pastors, we as ministry leaders can start to thrive on these church holidays and not just survive and go, man, we made it, you know? And so we have, we have, we have, we should we go back to our uh, infomercial style, Kyle? But wait, I don't know. More. We have, it, are, are people willing to pay six payments? I don't that's, know. That's a lot that, of payments. That is a lot, but we'll, we'll, we'll go fast. We'll go fast through this. We'll have so to that, knock it down. Instead of four easy payments of thirty nine ninety eight. it'd be six easy payments of, of twenty ninety nine. I don't know. I, it's too much math to do in my head and yeah. I don't care enough. Nope. So how about, how about you give us number one though? Are you Ways with that? to start thriving on church holidays. Amen. Number one, uh, plan accordingly. And this, uh, this kind of goes along really nicely with our last episode, but, uh, you know, certain things can wait until after the holiday comes and goes, yep. uh, you know, it's not a time to, you know, take a big picture, look at your church calendar. Like we just talked about last episode. Uh, right. Don't do all of that year long planning right before Christmas. No. Uh, or right before Easter or even right before President's Day, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, be keep in mind uh, that you're probably going to be a little busier at this time. Yep. And so don't try to schedule a bunch of meetings. Just create margin uh, in your schedule, uh, when it comes to those busy holiday seasons, uh, cause you know that there's going to be other stuff that pops up that are going to yeah. occupy some of your time. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, this is why planning ahead is helpful. Like to piggyback off last episode, if you know that this is going to be a busy time as a youth pastor around Easter time, Maybe not the time for you to dive into a sermon series that requires extra of you, whether it's extra time, whatever it is. Planning just ugh, planning helps so much with so many things in life. Shocker. Uh, but number two, don't forsake your disciplines and your life. Like I just want to shout out uh, minister spouses for a second because the life of a pastor, life of a ministry leader, um, it's not your nine to five, obviously, where just things are relatively routine and, and, and consistent throughout the year, there are slow seasons like we talked about where summertime is, there's not as much going on. There's not as much programming. Things slow down a little bit, but where that compensates is during these major holiday pushes, you're working longer hours. You're showing up to the church earlier. You're leaving later. You're doing stuff at home. You're, you know, you're, 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 you're using your space for extra meetings or whatever it is. Like, so just, sh- we just want to shout out 
um, our wives personally, but then, you know, minister spouses in general, thank you because uh, a lot of times you are, you're working overtime on the home front or you're doing things to help support us and do going out of your way on top of all the other stuff you have to do. And so, you know, just huge shout out to them first of all, but as far as disciplines in your life, church is important. Easter is important. Christmas is important. This is all important. Your relationship with God cannot take a backseat to this stuff, no matter how demanding, how whatever it is. And this is where we get into trouble as pastors because we think that doing things for God is equivalent to spending time with God, and it is not. We cannot say, I'm too busy to spend my time with the Lord today, and so I'm just not going to do it today. That can't happen. Like If we don't spend time with God and don't get filled up, everything we're doing is futile. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same weight to it. And so like stay disciplined, carve out extra time. you might have to wake up early. You might have to stay up a little bit later, even when you're gassed at the end of the day, but do not forsake your time with the Lord because everything else behind that will, will show, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our third easy payment of 2665, is to delegate and develop. There's going to be a lot on your plate, uh, you know, during these seasons. And there are volunteers, you know, I mentioned earlier, like sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to get volunteers here, but also there are some volunteers that want to step up yep. uh, at this time of year. And and they, they also see the purpose and the vision in these services and yeah. it excites them. And so they want to get involved. Uh, you know, it takes a little bit again of planning ahead and it also takes a little bit of, uh, you know, being willing to let go of yeah. some things, but you know, it, my, I, this is not me. I shouldn't say it was, it was my thing. I don't remember who it was, but somebody, I heard somewhere that if something can be done by somebody else, 80% is good as how you do it, you need to have them do it. Yeah. Uh, which because, can be hard for the control freaks in the which room. Which can be at very, very difficult. Yeah. But if they can do it even 80% as well as you can, and you can take that time and do something else, you're, you have a net gain. Yeah. And in theory, if they continue to do whatever it is you you know, have delegated to them, they're going to get better at it. Yep. And they might be able one day, hopefully to do it better than do you. it better than you. Yeah. And now you've really multiplied out uh, your capacity. And so when it comes to these big holidays, man, get some other people involved, empower them to be able to make decisions yeah. uh, and not just be told what to do. And it's going to greatly increase your capacity well, and get creative. Like we have, we have an amazing, amazing, amazing person in our church who, he reached out to me and said, Hey, I uh, just wanted you to know I'm actually going to be gone the next three weekends, which includes Easter. And so she's like, so I'm not gonna be able to help out on the, on any of those services, but I have some time during the middle of the week. Is there anything you need done? Yes. You know, we, we need this picked up. Would you be able to grab this? Yeah. It's right by my office. Awesome. Thank you so much. You know, Hey, uh, would you be willing to drive around town and hang some of these up? Yes, I can do that. I got the time get creative just because they can't help out on your weekend services doesn't mean there aren't things in your weekly that that might be able to right, know, yeah. be passed off. So, um, that is huge. I think especially, and I was telling Kyle this before, um, I, I am a doer. Like I, by default, I just, I'd rather just like dive in and do stuff. And especially as we transition to lead stuff here, this delegation and develop is huge one to keep my head above water. But here's, here's like the straight up 
we're going to humble some pastors in here. People will be better at things than you, even if not at first. And so get off your high horse and understand that it's our job to empower people to do things better than we will. Yep. Because here's the, all the other harsh reality. If you are doing it yourself, you're robbing somebody of the opportunity to serve God in the way he knows how. Mm. And so like, don't, I'm not saying just hand off everything because that doesn't work either, but don't, don't get stuck in this trap of I need to do it because I'm the only one who can because that's just straight up not true. There's a fine line between delegating to increase your capacity and pawning, pawning stuff, yeah, pawning stuff off on people because you're lazy or yeah. you know, I I've seen I've seen leaders who they do that. They they think, "Oh, like I need to delegate a bunch of stuff." Like what was that delegate. word? Delegate. That just came out of my mouth. Delegate. <laughs> they need to delegate a bunch of stuff. And and they just kind of take it too far. Yeah. And they they give up almost all of their responsibilities and they're left not doing anything. Whether that was, you know, I didn't know how to delegate and I went too far, or I intentionally did all this because yeah. I don't want to do the work. Yeah. Um, you know, there's and again, there's wisdom too. If there's something that you do that is not life-giving, you know, it's a chore, it's, it's boring. You don't enjoy it that somebody else might really enjoy doing that. And if it's something you can delegate, great, that could be a win and a way for them to serve and get involved. Yep. Not everything you should delegate. And if you are delegating, you should still be put spending that time doing something awesome. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean that you get to play Madden, play Madden all the time. I feel like that was a shot at no. me. No, uh, well, it, not, it was not a shot at you at all. You don't get to, you don't get to say, okay, I delegated all this stuff. So I get to yeah. spend, uh, three hours a week working and the rest of the time with my family. Yeah. Like your family's great, but you got to get work. some work done. Yep. Totally. Uh, number four, Keeping your heart right. Man, could this be a point for every single thing we talked about ever. Uh, Keeping your heart right. People are the main thing, not your task list. I feel like that should go without saying, but we need the slap in the face, right? Like if you have to plow over people in your attempt to accomplish your task or be successful, you've already failed because people are the main thing. I love, love, love that when you look throughout the New Testament, Jesus was on a mission. He was on his way to go somewhere. But every time he saw someone who was in need, he stopped and ministered to them. To me, that's super, super important. Yeah, I'll give our senior pastor, Rick, a a shout out here because one of the things that he always reminds us with Sunday mornings is, uh, you know, if you if you have something you need to get done, don't, basically what he says is don't walk through the foyer with your head down. Uh, you know, I need to, I need to walk in the church from point A to point B and I'm just going to walk past everybody and ignore everybody in order to get that task done. Like be willing to pause and stop and have a conversation with somebody, even if it's a quick high, you know, making sure that those personal connections are, are important and they are. Because they are important. You yeah. Know, if if none of the personal connections happen, your church is going to be pretty empty pretty quick. Yep. And and I mean, and it's easy to do that. You you have a task list that's a mile long. It's yep. easy to put your head down and do that. But you know, I, I love that. I love that idea because if you have put people to the side in an attempt to complete your thing, you've already failed. And if you mm-hmm. have, you know what? Make it right. 
apologize. Uh, reach out to somebody. Say, hey, uh, I know we get to chat much, but I love seeing you on Sunday or whatever it is. That type of thing is because people... Nothing you will do in the church task-wise, I would say, is more important than just loving people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so you very well might be in a crunch. You might have stuff to do. And I'm not saying like just straight up a conversation, but I love that. Even if it's a quick high, do something because people need to be the forefront and you, that that will really help keep your heart right for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number five, this one, I, I almost want to skip this one because I don't want to talk about it because I struggle with this one. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> so enough. number six, uh, no, uh, remember your why, uh, and, and not saying that like, I forget that Jesus is important, right? but, uh, you know, things are going to go wrong. Uh, you know, balls are going to get dropped. Uh, the, the platter is going to fall off the table, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I think that it's a, it's a friendly reminder that God's in control. Yeah. Uh, and, it's it's vitally important for us to put our best foot forward for us to you know want to do awesome things for the kingdom but at the same time if if we fail if something goes wrong it's not the end of the world yeah uh you know we had every every year we have a sunday in the spring where we do a youth led sunday our students yeah. uh, and our our youth ministry is in charge of everything that sunday morning uh we had uh one of our senior high girls preached she did a phenomenal job uh the the thing that happened, I was drumming on the worship team for, for this Sunday and, uh, first service, the first song did not go well. Yep. The second song did not go well. <laughs> the third song. Went amazing. I, from, from, no, no, it did not go well. <laughs> and from my perspective, and you know, there was like, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily everybody else was just doing a horrible job. Like yeah. the second song, I, I totally messed up something on the drums. The third song, I totally messed up something like sure. it did not, it just, it wasn't a smooth worship set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, with every mistake, Oh, that was the other, there was something with the lights uh, okay. that were going on. That was yep. like, I knew what the problem was, but I was also in the drum cage. Yeah, so, so you're like, not going I, to fix it. I can't just waltz back to the te- tech booth and yep. fix the problem. And so it was, there were so many things with that worship set that did not go well. And I had to remind myself to kind of like reset almost as yeah. I was coming out, I was coming out of the drum cage and I was going to introduce, uh, kind of welcome people, introduce, uh, this, this student that was going to preach. Yep. And I had to kind of remind myself like, okay, fresh start, take a deep breath. Yep. Uh, God's in control. And, and I knew it in my head. You know, those are always the services where people come up afterwards, like, oh my gosh, that, that was, was amazing. Worship was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like she did a great job preaching. And sure enough, after that service, like there were people yep. that were like, oh, that was awesome. And I was yep. like, are you sure? <laughs> You're right. Well, it, it, I feel like we almost get into this frame of thinking where it's like, if things don't go the way we're planning, we feel like we failed God or we feel yeah, like we right. failed, which is ridiculous because he's on the throne. Like, like how, how small of a mind are we thinking that if, mm-hmm. if, if, if God can only work in our plan, then, then we're screwed. Like it's crazy. Right. Cause like even saying that you're like, how do we even fall into this trap? But you're so, it, I can imagine you came out of that drum cage and you're like, do I, do I mention this? Do I draw attention to this? Do I just let it be? Mm. Well, honestly, that's probably the other thing to remember here is I bet 99% of the people in the congregation didn't didn't notice. notice. No, you know, but 
I noticed. And so it threw me off. And yeah. and I think that's another good thing to remember is some of the some of the screw ups that we have, some of the things that go wrong. Yeah. A lot of people probably don't even know. Right. I mean, remember your why, right? We are here because we want to see Jesus glorified. We want to see him become real to those that are sitting in the seats. That is the why. And so, you know, I feel like especially as we draw close to Easter, churches do special things, special production, special video, special songs, special sermons, special whatever, special illustrations, whatever it is. If it doesn't go well, who cares? Like who cares? Because at the end of the day, we are there because we want to celebrate Jesus' resurrection and we want to celebrate what that means for us. And so have a, have a standard of excellence, try to do things at your best. But at the end of the day, I think it comes back down to God sits on the throne. Yeah. You can't beat yourself up too much about something going wrong. You can, you can learn from it and you can, you know, maybe if, if like with our lights and like, okay, I can take a precaution so that doesn't happen next time. Yep. Uh, but it doesn't do a whole lot of good to lament over all of the things that, that went wrong in a service. Um, all right, one more. What do we got, Derek? This one probably seems relatively easy, but you know, these are also not in order. This one, if they were in order, this one should probably be higher on the list. You know, it really should, but it's kind of, I feel like it'd be a good one to end on again, breathe and sleep. I feel like this should go without saying again, but uh, the breathing should definitely go without saying. Yeah, that should be more of a subconscious, subconscious thing. thing, right? Exactly. Uh, I, I I find it so fascinating. Like if if you if you study other countries in terms of like how they work and how they function, Americans have it all wrong. Like we live and are dependent on caffeine, five hour energies, and the well, adrenaline. Some of you are going. dependent on caffeine. I mean, we're not. So high five to us. Because, Nailed it. Uh, but like not having time to relax is a recipe for disaster. Like I, I love the old adage or the old illustration of like these two lumberjacks who are trying to chop down a tree and like the one lumberjack, it just, you know, going to town eight hours a day. And, uh, the other guy, you know, takes an hour break every day and he's like, and he finishes first. And they, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but he spends an hour sharpening his ax because yeah. It, it's more efficient. And I feel like there comes a point in ministry, especially in these seasons where you go, I'm just going to take an extra hour after. I'm going to mm-hmm. stay an extra hour later. I'm going to show up an extra hour earlier, whatever it is. And we're just not efficient. Like you have to be able to say, you know what? I will tackle this tomorrow. I'm not getting it done today. I'm going to go home. I'm going to be with my family. I'm going to rest. I'm going to breathe. And we'll come back and hammer it out tomorrow. If you don't do that, you're less efficient. And you know, quite honestly, let's talk about sleep for a second because I think this is something that we just kind of casually brush over. If you're not sleeping, if you're not taking care of your body physically, you are going to be a burnt out leader and you're going to be useless. Like jump, like just straight up. I mean, you can have the smoke machines, you can have the laser light show, you can have your production look great, but you none of that will cover up a leader who's exhausted. None of that will cover up a leader who's burnt out. And so it is so important to, um, I'm not going to say his name, but there is a pastor here in Minnesota who was sharing his story once. And he was saying how there was a season of ministry where he was getting about four hours of sleep a night, which was not good, obviously. And he ended up getting like a, a stroke, like a early stroke at a young age because his body could not handle the pace he was going at. And so 
in these seasons, there are extra demands. There's overtime. You're going to be spending more time at the church and working, but you need to sleep. You need to unplug. You need to take care of your body because if you don't, you're going to get to the actual event and you're going to collapse physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Yeah. Um, I I don't think you did this on purpose. If you did, it's even better. But in this last note here that that you just said in our show doc, you have burnt out smoke machines and exhaust all in the same point. And just the amount of smoke references that that you put or fire references you put in there was, uh, was, I just really appreciated that. Um, Just for you. (laughs) <laughs> we, uh, last thing here, we just kind of want to give a word to, to church congregants on this topic. Uh, and some things, if, if you want to help encourage and, and bless the, the pastoral team at your church, uh, these are good things to do. These are great things to do. Uh, number one, help. Um, you know, like I mentioned, there are some people that you got family stuff going on. And so, you know, like Easter or Christmas, you can't help out, uh, other people, they're more prone to help out. It kind of balances out, but be a, be ready and available if you can be, uh, and, and encouraging to, to help out, to volunteer on that Sunday morning or volunteer in that Christmas Eve service, whatever it is. Uh, and, and like we said too, with delegating, if, if there's a way that, that you can help out and be available, um, to, to your senior pastor, to, to the other pastors on staff, uh, that's going to be really, really helpful. And with that, don't, 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 don't get me wrong. It's nice when your pastor asks you like, Hey, I would love for you you to do this because you're good at this, but don't look for an invite necessarily. Yeah. Go like, what would bless a pastor saying, Hey, I'm available. What do you need help with? Like that is, that is like literally, that is almost better than, than money sometimes to a pastor of going, okay, sweet. I would love if you'd be able to do this. Awesome. So help is a huge thing. Second one, patience. Be patient with your pastoral staff. They might not get back to you as fast. They might not be as available. They might not be as warm and cuddly as they normally are. But it's because there is so much more at not at stake, but there's so much more on their plate that is not normally there. And so it's not that they don't like you, not that they don't want to give you their best and give you all the time in the world. Sometimes it's just difficult to juggle everything. And so be patient with them, give them the benefit of the doubt, and understand that there's a lot going on behind the scenes that the general public doesn't quite see. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's a lot of understanding that goes in with that too. Just, yeah. just kind of being aware of, of the, the timing of everything. Uh, words of affirmation, uh, can be, can be really good or, or any, I mean, this kind of goes with, uh, this, th- I mean, any love language <laughs> kind of yeah, thing, right? but, uh, you know, just, a, an affirming word to, you know, to somebody in a busy season yeah. can be, uh, a welcome respite from all of the yeah. chaos in their lives. Do you have a movie for a respite by chance? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that was just, I don't know where that came from, but I'm pretty proud of myself. I like that. I like that. Uh, and then the last one that I would say this is probably the most obscure, but perhaps one of the more important ones. Uh, so I think it's second Kings chapter 18. I believe it's when Elijah, you look at, you're kind of looking at me like you want me to, yeah, 
like affirm that, but I don't know what you're going to say. It's, it's, so. it's either first king or second. It, it, the, the showdown with Baal, where there's like ah, the sacrifice. Yes. It's either first kings 18 or second kings 18. I don't know off the well, top of my head. Anyways. I, I believe the, uh, the phrase you need to use here is, it is written. It is written, yeah. It is written that... <laughs> chapter 18 is about this insanely cool event. Yes, it is written. Numbers, chapter 18. No, not quite. Ah. It's for sure kings. Amazing event. Awesome moment. Chapter 19, Elijah gets like a little threat from Jezebel. Like rel- sure. when, you, when you look at the context, dinky little whatever. And he goes down to this, he spirals and goes, man, like I'm the worst. And he, he like straight up gets to a point where he goes like, God, take my life because I just can't do this anymore. Point number five, way to bless your pastor after a major event. Let them rest, right? Like you probably have a lot of feedback for them good, bad, and ugly about the weekend. Let it rest. Write it down, jot down your thoughts, and schedule a meeting with them in the next couple of weeks. Calling them and blowing up everything, kind of like demanding attention the day after Easter, the day after Christmas, is a very vulnerable time for a pastor. Do you want to know what usually the day after Christmas Eve services are? What? Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so thank like you. thank you for that. That's not the best like if it's an emergency it's an emergency, but if you if you want to rant about all of the things you hated about the Christmas Eve service, like Wait. settle down a little bit. Yeah. Right. And the it, other thing that I've seen quite a few churches move toward uh and maybe a lot of churches have been doing this for years and it's just come to my attention more recently probably. is uh taking the Sunday after Christmas off completely uh, gives your volunteers an opportunity to, to rest and be with their families, gives your pastoral and your leadership team an opportunity to, to rest. You know, I, I kind of like that, that model. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's super helpful. And, you know, as Easter ramps up here, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that walk in the door. And Mm -hmm. so like, we're going to keep on going obviously, and we're not going to slow down, but you know, it, it is one of those things I can tell you right now, Monday, Monday, April 18th, the Monday after Easter, um, odds are my phone's not going to be turned on. Right. You know, it's going to be turned off at least until I got track practice that afternoon. But like that morning, it's going to be a just maybe try and go back home and take a nap after I drop off the kids at daycare. But it's also just going to be a there comes a soaking in period as yeah. a pastor that you just need to go through. Um, if you're just always pouring out your cup, your cup gets empty. And so, you know, there's, there's gotta be the, the very physical and real reality of resting. And, you know, and, and, and to be fair, I'm not saying like people reaching out to pastors is a burden because it's not, mm-hmm. it's more so just a, as a pastor, you're very vulnerable after an event like this, because one Satan hates you because you just, you know, if you're a pastor, he kind of hates you anyway. Yeah, but. right. But you know, it, it's. I think there's. It's no coincidence that yeah. that Elijah, after a massive moment, you know, all of a sudden goes from being on top of the mountain of a huge victory to being at the valley in a matter of a day. Uh, I just think you know, with everything we mentioned, things do go wrong. Things don't go as you planned, and the enemy gets in there and goes, "You failed." You are the worst. If you would have done this, this would have happened. Um, you know, and and it, even though we know it's a lie, 
you still feel the weight of that. And so just giving some space and some, you know, like room for, you know, that. And, and if you do have something to say, words of affirmation, point number four, like if you, if you're going to reach out and text your pastor, Hey, love that. This is how God spoke to me. I love seeing this. I love doing that. We love you. Not that we need that, but it helps. It yeah. Helps. And constructive criticism is necessary. Just I think what we're saying is just make it the right place in the right time. Correct. Uh, for that. And, and I'll say too, you know, I mentioned the, uh, like taking that Sunday after Christmas off or something like that. Um, we actually had this discussion after last Christmas, uh, as a church staff and like, Hey, is this, you know, we were talking about it. Is this something that we want to do? Uh, obviously it's going to be different every year based on when Christmas falls throughout the week. Yep. Um, but I think it, it might even be this next year where like Christmas day is on a Sunday or yeah, something like that. Right. But, uh, so it's going to be different for everybody, but we were t- kind of talking about, you know, there are churches where, you know, you can't take that Sunday off cause then you don't get that offering, you know? And, and sure. I was, it, somebody brought that up. I was like, that's a really good point. And yeah. I pray that I, my prayer is that no church is in that boat, right. but mm-hmm. let's be honest, that's just unrealistic. And so, sure. You know, if if that's not a possibility, you know, maybe it's a guest speaker the yeah. next week. Yeah, it's good. Or or you know, bring in somebody like somebody else on your team preaching the next week, just to give yourself uh, a little bit of a, a respite. A respite. Well done, Kyle. Thank you. I do what I can. That, that I word of the day, word of the day, toilet paper, truly is helping you in so many ways. Our listeners are going to start to think that that's actually a thing that I own, which it's probably a thing, you know but what? I do not own it. I, I, I need to get that for you for Christmas this year or something like that. There you go. Maybe yeah. my birthday. That's before Christmas. Yeah, we can do that. I can't wait until Christmas for that. Can you get it for me for Easter? Uh, give me a give me a nice cute little Easter basket and put some word of the day toilet paper in it. I'll, I'll, I'll shove a peep in there as well. Oh, that's gross. All right. Uh, on that note, uh, that does it for uh, for today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to give us a give us a follow, give us a subscribe on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We would love to. We'd love to hear from you if you want to review us. Unless it's not five stars, then we don't want. If it. you want to send us some Reese's eggs. Uh, um, you yep. can send, you look up Riverdale Church in Andover, Minnesota. Kyle will hopefully, 100%. hopefully save some for me. Uh, we'll see. It'll be less than 50%, but I will okay. save some for All you. Right. I, I respect that. For sure. You are the uh, producer. Yep. All right. Uh, on behalf of Derek, thank you guys for joining us. And uh, we're going to go come up with a youth game where our kids all have to eat peeps. Goodbye. Goodbye.